This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, here we are in the middle of the last month of the year. Shocking for me um, that it's whizzed by so fast. So much has happened. And with me is one of my favorite people in the whole world who makes my life so much easier in um, working with sometimes challenging clients, but creating just star, star covers and interiors. So Rebecca Finkel is back. It's been a while since she's been on the show, but we're so I'm so thrilled, Rebecca, that you could find time today to be with us. Oh, thank you, Judith. Thank you. It's always fun to be on this show. It's it's one of it's a favorite of mine. I just love to talk about what I do because I love it. Well, it, it you know it shows. It really does show, and it's same with me. And, and in fact, Rebecca and I have been working on <clears throat> a book. Um, the last the last half of the year, but really getting into it, and um, we got what we thought was our home. We, what we feel is the home run cover, um, and it's a it's a book. The author is Lori Golden. The book will be called is called My House of Lies, and it just the cover just pulls you in, which is what a cover is supposed to do. So, Rebecca, why don't we talk about just design cover, the author's journey, some of the things you do, but let's talk about the cover from the get-go, um, the elements of the cover, and, and as with Lori's, how, you know, we, we, we skirted, we tap-danced with a variety of ideas, and then it hit. Right. I was going to say, this is a difficult topic, her, her topic that she's chosen to write the book about, and, and we went right at the topic. We went right at it, what it was going to be, right at the meat of it. Right. And um, it's a, a woman recovering from some horrific childhood um, experiences. And she essentially, the first cover we went for, she was depicting on the cover of these horrific experiences. And okay, um, yeah, we can do that. But it, the, then I kept asking her, who's your reader? Who's going to pick this up? Are you, this is a recovery book, or this is a self-help book, or this is just your sharing, or what are you doing? Who's your reader? Do you expect, because it was terrifying, the cover um, that we were knocking around for quite a while. Um, and I was just kept wondering, who do you think is going to pick this book up? And so then it, then she kind of took a step back and said, oh, you're right. I'm scaring away my reader, even though this is the meat of it. And, you know, my potential reader is going to be like, yeah, I did that. And so I don't want to read any, you know, I don't need to read anybody else's experience if I experience that myself. And this book is about helping, not about sharing or sharing and helping. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went with a different type of a cover. She said, this is exactly what I want. I want water and I want, and I want, a, you know, a, a row of houses and I, and I want the beach and I want this. And I'm looking through all of these photos and I'm, you know, putting them together and I'm merging this house with that beach and this water and that color. And we're looking at it. We're going, yeah, 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 that's close. That's close. And so Judith says to me, 
just go look one more time, just one more time. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I've, I've cast my net wide, but now we'll cast it wider and go, go and just do crazy stuff and think about all the crazy things that I can put into this cover. And I stumble across a couple of images that I'm able to marry fairly well. And it's like, I almost, to tell you the truth, I almost didn't send it in the last round of covers. I thought this one's so off the beaten path. It's just, you know, we're, now we're so close to this other idea, and here I am throwing in a, a red herring in the middle of everything. I truly almost didn't send it to you guys. I almost just deleted it off the PDF. But, of course, as life is, that's the one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, no, uh, you know, as soon as I saw it, I knew it was the one. We did, just just I with a little tweaking. So, yeah. I think I thought I thought so too. I thought, oh, this is the one, but we were so far down the road and we felt we were so close to the other one. I thought, do I want to start this process again? Do I really want to, you know, bring in, do I really want to start, because I figured then we'd start the process again about, oh, what about this color and what about this font and what about the placement? So I, I was hesitant to kick a, kick the, kick the hornet's nest, so to speak, but it was it was a good little kick there. So anyway, we have a cover now that I think really expresses the theme, and it is a difficult theme. It you know it's tricky and not comfortable. We want to make the reader as comfortable as possible. Well, and and for our, uh, what Rebecca is alluding to is this is a woman who went through just extreme sexual assault um, and came out of it and. And and what it was, um, and, and he, let me just kind of broaden it a little bit. The theme, really, the transition from the theme that she had, because her extensive therapy, therapy involved artwork. So the original cover had some of her artwork, which was tough. Um, and that in, in, in her awakening, let's just say, and that with that, and then we went along with it, trying to fine tune it, trying to tone it down a little bit. And then, um, as we started, as I started working with her on her website development and bringing in the website developer and what she want. And then I went out searching around and since I have worked with other authors who have, uh, survived, um, and come through and are now thriving sexual assault. I just went and revisited all theirs, and, and I started saying, how about this and how about that, which brought us into a different color range totally, which opened up a different window for Rebecca to work with, and that's how we got to the beach right. type of idea. Right. And, and Yeah, yeah. and Lori grew up on the beach. Um, oh. So I got that. I love the beach, too. And and then Rebecca came up with this other variable, and then we got these ominous clouds, which I think are killer. And they're not so clouds; it's the sky. It's an ominous it's sky. sky. And then there's a picket fence in front, not a real like a windblown beach beach fence yeah. that's kind of wrapped yep, up a little perfect. bit and not even. And it's perfect. It really is. It's and perfect. Of course, you know, for an artist, there's the sky image, and there's the beach image, and then there's the fence image, and then there's the sun image. So you're going. <laughs> but the it all comes together. And here's what's exciting: not only that, when I saw it, I knew it was a home run. The author loves it, and the publicist who will be involved with the book is doing a happy dance. So you know, everything is going together. And I guess all I need now is the high resolution J- uh, JPEG to get it over to the website person. And then we got it. Yep. Then it's and not, then, well, then we start on the interior. And then it's, you know, a different yeah. focus. 
Yeah, but so, but th- this is, I think, for all of you to understand, and I, I guess here Rebecca and I are talking, and I need to pay attention to what my time is before my producer Ben jumps all over me, um, that it's really important to understand how critical this element is, because I will tell all of you, from the 36 books I've written, it, it wasn't until I got to, when I took control and created my own press, that I could stop hanging my head. Because I will tell you, 18 of the, the covers that came out of New York, only two I felt any pride of that I was really thrilled and tickled with. And of course, that those of you who have you've had experience with New York, they really don't care about your feelings or about your thoughts or your input. Um for what you think about it. And I think that what the beauty of the independent small press um, self-publishing market is, is that when you have someone like Rebecca Finkel um, and F&P, you know, her, her F&P graphics on your side is her design, I should say design on your side is that um, you can work it till you can get something you don't have to hang your head with. Um, right. Yeah. And, and right. it, it really is a fit. So it fits in with your branding. And so what we've done is now the book goes, you know, is uh, it syncs with what the website that's being evolved and developed. And we've already evolved the uh, uh, publicist who will be involved um, in it. And er- everybody's on the same page. And, uh, and that's the home run for me. When you can get that. And then what Rebecca said, which we are going to get in um, on the next segment, is incorporating your cover in the interior, which really gives a fabulous customization to it, um, yeah. which makes me really happy in the, <laughs> in the process. Because I, I love the, the, you know, the visual um, that this book is is uniquely yours, and it is not something that you drop in some POD version. Does that make sense? It does. So you go along with that. So, Rebecca, we have about two minutes before our first break. So let's start doing the setup here. What should authors be thinking when they look at their cover? What's some steps that we should be going through? Well, there's a lot of times when an author is looking for a cover that pleases them, and that's important. But it's also important to continually think about your reader. For, mm-hmm. for instance, this book on Lori, she was going to scare away her reader. She was going to essentially re- repel them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And maybe pick up somebody who is more of a thriller, Stephen King type of a person. Stephen, I love Stephen King. I'm not... I'm not but that's the type of uh, image that was going. So keep your reader in mind. Where are you going? How does this marry with your whole project? If you're working with Judith at all, you know that she's all about how are you going to market this? How are you going to get this out there? How, what's going to be on your web page? What's going to be on your, your Facebook page? How are you going to Pinterest, et cetera? How are you going to get this out there? And so that's one thing you need to start thinking about. The writing of the book is a very creative process. And now when you walk away from it, you kind of need to walk away from it when you start designing the cover and the interior because you start to be more of a marketer instead of a nurturer. It's a different type of nurturing, but it's, you need to kind of walk away from your creative process and begin this other process, which is a little bit more marketing-focused, a little bit more how the public will anticipate and see you and interact with you. Um, and so those are the things that I, I kind of try to keep in mind when I'm working with an author, what what is your book about, and how can we get this into the into your readers' hands? 
And, and that's really the critical thing. So it's about the who. And so authors, please hear us. We're going to go to our first break here, but please hear us. It's not about you. It's about your reader. Get that submitted in your head. All right. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is Judith Bryles, and with me is Rebecca Finkel today. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author Use, the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoryou.org. First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop sizzle and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience and your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand nick selinger of nz graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts with over 20 years of experience in graphic design he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, 
Build your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, Han author, you, your guide to book publishing today, we're talking about design and how to make you a rock star. So with tips, tricks, and all those good things to show you that you can be really slick and pulling your the reader, I think what Rebecca Finkel, an ace multi-award winning designer, have I said is that you have to, you are doing your cover for your reader. It's not for you. I think that's the most important thing I can get across right now. I agree. It's a, I agree that the reader is the person that's going to re- pick up the book, read it, buy it, etc. That's who you're trying to attract. Um, if you're trying to attract your friends or your family who have been kind enough to be with you on your process and help you out, they've read the book. They, they don't need to buy it. Um, so you're not really trying to attract them. And they're going to tell you it's great because they love you. So it's it's a different strategy. Which which is the beginning. All right. So what next should they be thinking about the cover? Um, anything else besides it's for the reader that you'd want to well, stress? It's always nice to say if you can attach your book to something that happens in the calendar year. It gives you a it gives you a stop date. It gives you a timeline. The book doesn't just spiral into infinity. You know, if it's a Christmas book, Christmas does come around every year. So if you miss the first one, good chances are you'll get the second one. But if it's a book about Easter or it's a book about Fourth of July or it's a book about, you know, that you can tie to these things, Mother's Day, Father's Day, then try to work for them. Try to, try to grab momentum that's already existing and put your book into the mainstream. Which also allows uh, an author to think um, evergreen which is a word you all want to uh, learn and embrace. Evergreen means it hangs around. It's not going to be a, a one-year pony, so to speak. It's here this year and gone tomorrow. True. Everlasting is a great thing, uh, is, a, is you know, a wonderful thing. That also kind of brings up kind of a side issue, kind of a, if you're going to involve people into your book, then you should really be committed. It should be something that you get done. Um, it's not something that kind of, oh, I'll work on it, you know, next week when I have time or the week after that when I have more time, and it just kind of drags out the whole process. I've got, we've got a couple books that are lingering that just kind of, we need to get them done. You know, they've, they're, they've, they've done the whole process of the cover and the interior. They're beautiful. They're ready to go. We just need that final touch, and, it, you know, we can push it out the door. Uh, and I think that if you don't, um, authors, if if you need to understand, two things happen when you let it linger on and on. Um, my experience is one: you go back and start tinkering and redoing, and sometimes rewriting um, as it goes along. And then I, I've seen books sabotage this way. 
instead of getting them out and, and then working on your next book. Um, that I, I think, Rebecca, my experience is some authors think that before they can pull the trigger um, and say, okay, I'm ready to print, I'm ready to put it in people's hands, gulp, gulp, is that they're looking for the ultimate perfection. Um, yes. Yes, and that is an elusive thing, mostly because every day something changes. Um, mm-hmm. If your book is you know, attached to a text situation, uh, yeah, yeah it, you're never going to get out of that game. You just need to get to the best point possible. Um, but sometimes, I mean, sometimes it just ends up, you just need to draw a line and say, this is where it is. I mean, especially if you're going to do a book that's POD, if in a month, and you open the book up randomly to page whatever, and you find a comma out of place or a word misspelled, with spelled word would be a, a shocker because of all the spelling, spell checks that go through. But um, it happens. an awkward yeah. phrase, I know, an awkward phrase or a miss, you know, something that's going, something that's just, it's wrong. Um, with a POD, you upload a new file. It's not like you want to do this every day. But because there is a little price tag to it, I think it's a forty or fifty dollar charge because I don't want you to do it every day. But you know, it's it's. I think there's that's an that's a comfort to some authors to say, okay, you know, I can if I find something I don't have five hundred books printed with this error in it that's going to make me nervous. I can always you know change it up. You can also print a short run POD. You can put it up and print out 10 copies and send it out to reviewers and mm-hmm. you can, you know, then they see it as a book and then it's, it's called an advanced reader copy, what in traditional public speak. And so that's a nice way to get your book read on another level. And then you can, you know, go to a, a regular traditional printer. Um, so there's lots of, lots of ways around that um, to get over your anxiety about pulling the trigger. I understand it's a commitment and now you're committing to a piece in time. And, you know, if this book is a piece in time. So I, I, I understand it. I just, you know, if everybody's put their best effort forward, it's what more can you expect type of a thing. It's a, it's a, perfection is an elusive thing that, that can constantly change. It's a tough one to track down. Yeah, I always say snowflakes are perfect. Otherwise, move on. <laughs> and, and, and people have heard me say, I remember my very first book, I'm on a plane, I'm flying from San Francisco back to New York, I'm going to be on Good Morning America the next day, and I'm reading my book through, and all I can think is, oh my God, why did you write it this way? I am ready to rewrite it, gut it, do whatever, instead of saying, you did it, you have a book in hand, major publicity has it, <laughs> It's right. Gr- right. It's great. It's crazy. It's crazy. Right. It is crazy. All right. So, going actually now, skipping. That's kind of the end of the book. But skipping to the beginning of the book, we're working with a with a title now that isn't quite right. They just can't quite figure out the direction of the book and where it is going. And you know, to me, when an author comes to me and says, "I have this title and I'm not quite sure," I'm like, "Spend time, research." Figure out your reader. Figure out your market. Figure out where your book is going. The more time you can spend on the front end figuring these things out, it pays mm-hmm. off huge as the back end. You know, um, this title may change. The, the focus of the book is pretty well set. They've got it pretty well written. And, I, you know, I think it's pretty it's flushed out, but I just think they need to really refocus on the title. There are times when I'll, I'll be given a book and I'm thinking, is this really the right title? And I'll query you. Is this really where you want to go? 
And of course, I put my two cents on the table and I'll say, this is why I'm asking the question. I don't think it addresses your audience. I don't think it's it's going to get where you want. It's not going to get into a male hand, the, a man's hands, or you know, it's not going to attract a male audience, or it's not going to attract the teenage audience, or it's not going to attract the audience that mm-hmm. you're thinking about. You mm-hmm. want to refocus. You want to sharpen up that subtitle. And then, of course, I push all that stuff to Judy. <laughs> yes, yes, she does. And and you know, um, we just had that exact conversation with another mutual client um, because we thought the title was too cutesy for his audience. Um, Which his and, audience is guys. And- yes, his guy. The audience was totally guys. And it, certainly there would be a niche in that audience that might be there um, for it. But if you're looking for a broader audience um, for whatever, you've got to think more generic. So I, I think that's really important. The other thing is I found in, in when I reach out to Rebecca and, and I do the introduction of the author to her, we always have a, a joint conference call with the three of us, is that... Um, I will say that, you know, this is our title. For, let's go back to Lori, for example. I'm, I knew in my first conversation as she was telling me her story, and I said to her, you lived in a house of lies. And then it dawned on me, that's the title, My House of Lies. I didn't know what the subtitle was yet, but I knew what the title was. And Lori said, that's exactly right. That's what I lived in. All right. It's a memoir. That's perfect. Um, and so what I can do is tell Rebecca or any designer I'm working with is there is a subtitle coming in. I'm not quite sure what it is. I know it's some of the keywords here, but I just um, her her stuff came together so fast for me. I guess because I've done multiple several of these books that I knew kind of the traffic I was going for. But um, it you know it you have to let the designer know what the sub is. Fiction usually doesn't have a subtitle. It might have a novel or something. It may have the right. series, but nonfiction right. needs a subtitle in most cases. And that becomes a design element on the cover. A lot of times if I know a subtitle is coming, I'll just make something up just because it is a visual, visual pull and a visual tension on the cover. And, you know, when I'm showing covers, I'll be like, subtitle's not right, but this is where it would go and this is what it would look like type of a thing. And this is about the length that I would hope it would be. And I many times lose that battle, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more of like kind of dummy it in so that we can start looking at it because if it's, it is a visual piece of the cover. It is a visual play. Um, and it needs to find space on the cover instead of being all jammed in there and small and to the side. So it is an important thing. Well, um, let's talk about also, titles too real quick. Because, I mean, Rebecca has a really fabulous uh, program that she does um, when we do our workshops and things. And, you know, we get seven seconds. You you all know that your title, your cover gets anywhere from three to seven seconds max, and that's it um, for the pickup. It's an interesting experience. I I just go to New York Times, you know, bestseller, and I pick off the top ten, and I put it in the PowerPoint, all all these covers in the PowerPoint, and I describe walking into a bookstore and walking past all of these books to your genre. You know, you you have X dollars, and you're going to the beach, and you want a book to read. Um, so it's not necessarily your written genre, but your, you know, your favorite genre, what, what's on your bed table. And so, uh, and, and, you know, I go, okay, pick a book, and I let it show for seven seconds, and then I shut it off. I'm like, okay, where are we and going? And bang, it's gone. And and bang, it's gone. All right, we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> and everyone will go, wait a minute, I didn't have time. To... Okay, so we're going to take another quick break. <laughs> 
Uh, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. With me is Rebecca Finkel, and we're talking about how to make your book rock. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged event. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing question. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so one thing that Rebecca and I thought we wanted to bring back, and when you do that exploration... Um, in a bookstore and when when for example when she does this module in our in my workshop 
on cover design that she goes into the New York Times. She picks up the top 10, whoever they are, and she puts them all up and then bang, they're gone in seven seconds. And everyone's going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And here's what we all try to do as authors. We're trying to analyze them. We're trying to analyze what what makes this work. That's not that's not what the exercise is. And then she puts them back up again. Okay, Rebecca, why don't you take it from here? What you're what you're after with them? Okay, I mean, I all these people, you know, all every, all the workshop attendees are are very diligent in trying to do due diligence on each and every cover. But in seven seconds, you you it's not even a second a cover. I mean, that's kind of why I put up ten and say it's seven seconds. You really just need to flash past and say, oh, that one. That's the one. And sometimes if you're a big Stephen King's fan and his covers always have his name huge because people don't necessarily care what the title is or what the cover art is. They're looking for him. If you're a fan, you're looking for him. Um, so it's really overall impression. I mean, I do pull the covers back up and we do due diligence on them. And I mm-hmm. do around Robin about why does this work and why doesn't that work? And mm-hmm. can you read this title in the back of the room? Because that's also a problem. Reading the title is it's got to be clear. Um, so you know, are they are they getting to the point? Or you know, I, we make we I touch on several points when I do this one, but it is an overall impression. You're trying to get to the person. Like for instance, with the cover we mentioned, the very first Lori Golden's cover that we worked and we worked and we worked and it shifted and shifted, and then I saw this image and I could put it together and do this, and and it just struck me as this, this is the one. This is absolutely what what I think the book is about. And Judith saw it and was like, yes. And the author saw it and was like, yes. It's just a visceral reaction to this that this is exactly the topic that it needs to be and it fits every all of this all of the issues um if you think of a book as a movie which some books are movies um and you the, the cover is essentially one frame you get one frame of the movie so do you want to show the beginning the end the middle the exciting part the terror the resolve i mean it's it's kind of an odd pick which which what do you pick which, which is the right answer? It's because there are several answers. There's a lot of good ones. There's a couple great ones. And what we're looking for is the great ones. Um, that's, ex- that's exactly what you're looking for. And, and um, I mean, I, I, was, I was talking to, during the break, I was telling uh, Rebecca that I had just picked up Seth Golden's new book which he is now printing, I, I think it's almost an oddball size, five, 5.2 by 7.3. Um, his size. It's an, it's an odd. Well, he is an oddball, but it's it's a uh, it. That's his size. He's got hard paper audio, you know, e, and that it it comes out as it's neon orange, and it, all it says that's the title. This is marketing. His name is actually bigger than the title, but it just fills up. up half the cover. Half the cover. Yes, it it literally it takes up. It's divided in half and half. Um, but, but what you see is what you get. So if you're after a marketing book, this'll do, this'll do. And it pops, it pops really fast. So sometimes this is, this is this, you know, you go right for not, uh, you go right for the jugular, you go right for what you're trying to get to. And sometimes you have to come at it sideways. And sometimes there's a bit of humor involved. There's a visual or there's a pun on the cover or a visual cue of some kind. You go, Oh, that's so funny. There's a book, The Bed Moved, that is, is the, the, the type on the cover kind of dances around describing how the bed moved. It's kind of interesting. Um, I don't think it works as a cover, but I like, I like the, the, uh, the, the humor in the cover. Yeah. Right, the yeah. concept. There's another author that we worked for that he had, he asked me to design a cover 
But he had like an outline in the first chapter, and he just started working with Judith, but he needed motiva- motivation. So he went through a couple covers. We went through the process. I put together a cover, and he's like, this is the one. So then it, he was he's also a professor, so it took him a while to get his, you know, have find time and get the book together. And when he got the book together, we looked at the cover again and was like, hmm, it's more sophisticated than this. The idea has evolved so much that it's, this cover is good, but it's not great. And we, so we kind of went back to the drawing board and looked for a great cover. Um, and, and so that also happens, that you use, you start with a cover that's an inspiration that, that centers you when you're writing and that centers you as you're working through the process. But at the end of the process, you've moved beyond what that cover originally did. And so we designed another cover. It's, you know, that's, I think that's part of the process. I think that's part of the whole whole thing of, writing a book and designing a cover and getting finding your audience and narrowing it down and finding that exact piece that fits. And and, uh, and that's it's a process. I think what Rebecca's saying, it's a process. If you're trying to do it, um, okay, today I'm going to do the cover and have it all done, that probably may not work. It, 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 no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's mostly because your idea gets more sophisticated as you work through it. I mean, you do you you read a little bit, you write a little bit, you experience a little bit more. You maybe talk to people. Your idea expands and contracts kind of at the same time, so that it's it's a much more sophisticated idea than just saying I'm going to write a book about um, soccer. And then you know, well, th- that's a huge field. I mean, ha, pun, but that's a huge idea about. What which piece of soccer are you going to take the whole thing? Or are you going to take now? What are you going to do? So it's your idea gets more sophisticated as it goes along, and that's perfect, perfect actually that it gets more sophisticated and it changes and you reshape a focus and you, you know, that's perfect. It's what's supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, I love perfect. <laughs> I love perfect too. I mean, I love, my thing I is when we get it to perfect. You know, I, my my idea, my philosophy when I'm when I'm designing a book is let's design a book. You know, let's let's really put it. Let's really put our best foot forward. Let's put our best efforts on the page. Let's really do this. Why kind of do it halfway? What's the point of that? I don't necessarily understand why we would not want to put our best foot forward and kind of just do an okay job. Um, you know, it, it kind of goes along with when I design eBooks. I say, you know, eBooks don't have to be ugly. They can they can be kind of attractive if you if you spend a little bit of time planning how the book is ebook's going to go together. It's not more money, it's more planning. Um, so, you know, I think that's that's kind of the hallmark of what I do is I say, if we're going to do this, let's really do this. Let's not just kind of put something out there that we're not going to be happy about and proud about that we can't show our kids and family and friends and say, hey, yeah, I did that. What have you been up to lately? <laughs> I hate to throw out a challenge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, it's the bottom line is I think that um, you're, you're, this is the business of publishing everyone, what we're talking about here and having the right cover for your particular book and for your reader is essential in the process. Um, And, and then having the right title for your reader (laughs) <laughs> not not just for you, but for your reader, so it pulls them in, is really part of the process um, to, to bring that in. And sometimes that takes a lot of tweaking and fine-tuning them in before the words. And Rebecca, you haven't said, but what we're looking for for titles is less than five words if we can do it, correct? Correct. 
I have this other piece of the workshop where I pull up a cover that's got a very simple title and a very simple author line. And I'm like, this is what I want. I want, you know, a three word title and a two word author. Cause then I get the rest of the book to do what I love to do and put, you know, colors and shapes and photos and things on it that really draw people in. And then I understand that titles need to be searchable and they need to be more than just three words. And the subtitle really needs to pull in your reader and be more even searchable. And the author name needs to be searchable. Everything needs to be searchable and have metadata. So I understand. I just kind of draw the line where the title can't take up the whole page with the subtitle and the author line. There, give me a little bit of room to do what I do so that I can push your book forward and push it into as new audiences and, and et cetera. For me, if somebody's walking through a bookstore and they, and they pick up a book because they just love it, it's so beautiful, and they just have to have it, and they get home with the book and they open a bag and they're like, astrophysics? What the heck? You know, I don't know anything about astrophysics, but the book is so beautiful <laughs> they had to have it. That, to me, is a home run. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that is. A, I mean, I actually bought a book for John for that. He, he, he's into astrophysics. Astrophysics. That's that's kind of his thing, and so it you know had it had the right words on it, pulled me in. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So with that said, let's hop over to interiors. Um, We we actually have like a couple of minutes till we we have our final break, but let's start introducing it because this is where, um, and then we also want to get to the back cover too. But let's go into the interior. Right, the interior should reflect the cover. I always love to bring something from the cover to the interior. Make the book an experience for the reader, whether they notice it or not. There's a, an experience for the whole book to read it, to pull it through. My, ironically, I understand. I explain my profession to some people as I'm a book designer. For and people are less and less inclined to read. I, I get it. there's a there's a ironic metaphor there. Um, so what I try to do as a designer is just have them turn the next page. Oh, this is so exciting. I want to turn the next page. Oh, look, it's, it's inviting. It's appealing to me. I want to read the next page. You, and you forget that it's 1130 at night and you have to get up early because you keep reading. Not only is the content attractive, but the design is attractive and it attracts the reader. Some things that will not attract a reader is small type or wide margins or anything that looks cramped or difficult to get through. The reader will be like, oh, you know, it's 1130. I'm tired. Or if it's open and inviting, then the reader keeps going. That's what you want, not tired people in the morning, but a reader that's really focused, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to. And, and that is what you what we're talking about. All right, we're going to take our final break. With us is Rebecca Finkel, master, multi-award winning book cover and interior designer. We'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these.
The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, our last segment, which we're talking about your book, creating a stellar book that when people visually see it, it says, pick me up, that when they open it up, it, it creates what Rebecca Finkel says is an experience for them. Um, and it leads to, ta-da, sales. That's what this is about. Um, so, Rebecca, let's let's come back to the interior a little bit. You talked about the experience. What are ways that they can have the experience? This is for the reader, of course. Well, a lot of times, especially if you're trying to attract a reader to your book and they're le- leafing through the book, it would be nice to have a pull quote, something that's in the book that, you know, a lot of times the readers will just kind of flip through and read the pull quotes as they're going through and be like, oh, well, this is really interesting. Or if it also is a way for you to, for the author to say, this is an important piece of information. If you get nothing else from this chapter, this is the piece that I want you to get. It's also, I know as a reader, I when I'm reading through a book and I'll think, oh, they, they mentioned this before and I kind of forgot I can locate where I'm going with the pull quotes. I can locate what, mm-hmm. where this is. So it's, it's a really great idea. And there's different ways to put in pull quotes. You can either put them in line or kind of pull them out to the side in a box or with a piece of art from the cover type of a thing. There's a lot of different ways to do this. I also break up the experience if you have sections. If there's different sections, I like the sections to be for the reader to go, you know, take a breath and 
okay, let's go again. You know, it, it's, it's a different spacing. A lot of times sections are a different thought or a different direction or a different time if you're writing a fiction book. Um, and then the chapter heads, I like the chapters to be open and clean and, and um, let the reader be aware. Oh, we're making a change. We're going to a different chapter. We're, you know, this is a, a different topic or continuing, of, you know, it's a break. Um, a lot of times I just want them to keep going. So I, I don't make a huge deal out of them, but I make it enough of it so they can, it, it's enough to make it open and appealing. Um, sometimes, you know, the re, there's the running heads on all the pages. Sometimes people put running heads at the bottom. I, as a designer, I'm all about, you know, let's break the rules and let's see how this works. But I don't like breaking the rules just to break the rules. It doesn't make sense. So if there was, Headers at the bottom of the page, there would have to be a reason. They aren't going off the top of the page or, I don't know, maybe maybe the title was something about bottom feeders. I don't know. There would have to be an idea. There would have to be some sort of a motivating factor to put headers at the bottom. I like headers at the top. That's probably, I don't, you know, if you, if you gave me a reason and we could talk about it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Um, mm-hmm. But just to do it to be different is not enough. Um, you don't want to annoy your reader. You don't. You want to give them some things like page, like running heads and page numbers and things like that. You want that to be expected where where it can be expected, so that the reader can get beyond that and not be tripped up with where are the page numbers again and where am I in this page? You kind of there are things you want to be obvious and things you want to have the reader discover kind of as a surprise as they go along. Those surprises need to be in the text and not in the design. Let the text drive that. I'm always saying if somebody picks up a book and just thumbs through it and goes, oh, Rebecca designed this one, I always think, oh, that was too strong, I, too, too much. My job is to get behind the writer and just push the idea as far as I can. If they've read it and they like the way it looks and they're curious and they look up my name and they're like, oh, yeah, Rebecca, that's okay. When it's all said and done, when the author has gotten all the way through their piece and, and at the end they say something, then I'm okay with that. Um, Towards the beginning, no, um, no. I try not to ever do that. I try to just get behind and push, 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 push as much as I possibly can. Yeah, and and which I really, I mean, I love it uh, to that. And I'll tell you, one of the first things I can see when I open up a book that someone's given me um, that has been truly self-published is rarely are the headers there. Um, that tells me the margins are all. I'd love to have you say something about gutters. I think that's important. Um, the, the gutters are all off, um, and they've double spaced the text. <laughs> I mean, there's just all kinds of weird things that people do, and they think it looks okay um, until I think it's really important that you need to. You're, you know, you are competing with with three million other books. So you've got to really how do you, how does your book separate? How does it stand above? And and also I need I think Rebecca you can say no you're crazy Judith or whatever. But I see a lot of New York books that I think are really poorly designed on the interiors. They're boring as heck. Right, and and it won't be the first time I tell Judith that she's crazy. But you know we have that kind of relationship, so it's okay. Um, uh, yes, I think. A lot of times self-publishers will think, oh, the least number of pages, it'll be more at least, ex- least expensive for me to print the book, so I'm actually economizing and maximizing and being efficient, all those words about using space, 
etc. And I just want to say you're maximizing out your reader or potential reader. So think about that. You don't have to go crazy with margins, but make it so they don't have to crank the book open. So you can hold it with one hand. If it, you know, you can hold the book with, open with one hand because you might have a cup of coffee in the other hand, which is equally as important. Um, so think about margins and think about space. That is one of the, the easiest, you know, that is one of the easiest ways to tell a book that has been self-published is they have quarter-inch margins. They should at least be half an inch, three, you know, three, three-eighths and a half an inch. Gutters should be wide. Um, give yourself, give the ideas room to, room to grow and, and, and live. But yes, a lot of times I go into bookstores and I ended up taking down lists of people like, oh, I should contact this publisher because this book is really ugly. And I should contact this publisher because this cover, oh my goodness. So there is a bit of me that goes into a bookstore and enjoys all the books and everything that's out and all the new things. And then there's a part of me that's like, oh, and take down that name and take down that name and take down this publisher name and just contact them and say, I can help you. <laughs> I'm such a jerk with that. But I do, you know, there are times when I, when I, yeah, there are times when I do that. Sometimes the interiors of a book look exactly like another interior of a book, which is, just wrong. Um, your book is unique and it's an individual and it should be different from everything else on the bookshelf. It can look similar too. There's no way it can't look similar too. But exact copies? Hmm. Why? Why Why are we putting all this time into it when you're going to do an exact copy? What's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand. You know, and, and you know, here's a thought because we are at, uh, you know, Christmas is a, for those of you who are listening for the first time, um, when we're airing, Christmas is just a few days away. If you're giving a book, which I love to give books at Christmas, um, I, I don't ever wrap them in paper. I just find an accent color um, in the cover of my book. And I get I go down to um, a craft store like Michael's or Hobby Lobby, and I'll get maybe, oh, a half-inch ribbon. They always have them on sale. I always get them on sale. And I just do like corner to corner with a ribbon. And it, you know, you've put all this time into these beautiful covers. Just put a ribbon on the outside. That's your wrapping paper. It just gives it a little pop. And I, you know, I love to do that. You know, when I'm at events during this, this month, um, when people are buying the books for gifts and, and people love it. You know, I just said, do you want me to wrap it for your, (laughs) who you're giving this to? And they're going, what? So think of that. So they pop a little bit. All right. So, Rebecca, let's let's uh, transition to the back cover in our final minutes here um, that the same care goes into the front cover. But what do we do differently on the back cover? You now can assume you have a person that has picked up your books. So your front cover has checked the box for, you know, however it is. You don't have a sale yet, but you have somebody interested. So you check that box. They're going to turn it over and they want to know more. They want to know why should I get to take this book in my basket and take it up to the cashier and walk out the door with it? Or why should I, you know, from Amazon, put it in my card and and do the checkout? Um, So that book needs to say, again, when I mentioned earlier that if your book is a movie and you have one frame and we figured it out for the front cover, you need to now figure that same idea out for the back cover. What is going to draw your audience in? What does this book cover? Don't promise them the moon if this, the, your book doesn't cover the moon, but talk to them about what's the exciting piece. What do you want to know? What will this book help you with? What will this book solve? It's great if you can have a quote on the back cover from you, 
from one of your readers, from one of your reviewers, even something from the interior, it's nice to change it up a little bit. Two solid blocks of copy, like two solid paragraphs, uh, ten lines a piece of copy is, I'm I'm sorry, but very boring, and it's tough to get through. A lot of times you want to just do bullet points. Again, you're designing a book and writing a book for readers who have limited time, so you want to make sure that you are maximizing that time with them. If you ha- you know you can bullet point a few ideas, you can have a few sentences. That's all great. If you can have a title of some kind, um, uh, I don't. Uh, I can't. A headline. I, can't I like. Uh, yeah, you know what? I like headlines, and I've had more people say, "I can tell you've had your hands on this book because it reads like a marketing piece." <laughs> I, right. It does, and that's what it is. It's a marketing piece. It's not a continuation of a narrative. It's a marketing piece. So the two solid paragraphs are not are Boring. not getting you anywhere, are not pushing your ideas forward, are not projecting your ideas anyway. When I turn a book over and I see two paragraphs, I'm like, oh, they need to spend more time or they need to meet Judith, and I put it back down. Um, me too. So Yeah, me it, too. Yeah. Have a little bit of design. Have a little bit of something going on. Have it be active. Then also, I always feel is an important piece is to have an author photo. That's a, you know, it, people turn the book over and be like, how this person that's writing about a childhood abuse, who is she? You like, how does she have the experience to even, you know, talk about this? Or the gentleman that's working on a virtual divide, and he's a professor, and he teaches virtual dynamics at several mm-hmm. universities, and you turn it over, and you're like. So what's his degree? Like his degree in veterinary medicine, you're like, yeah, he's just, he's just a, he's just a half man. He's just talking, you know, he's just doing stuff. But if his book is, you know, if his, his degree is actually in management or communication or any of these things that are relevant, then you're like, oh, this guy, he, he knows what he's doing. He, he does knows. this every day. This is, yeah. right, he is an expert in his field. But I don't mean to go through... Your long bio is on the inside. I'm talking about a, a shorty, 50 word, 35 word with your website at the last piece, so they can, you know, get more information. That's what we're talking about. And then, of course, you need a barcode. Um, I just, just as kind of a quick tip, if you're, you, you need to buy an ISBN for your print book, for your hardcover, softcover, ebook, audiobook, if you're going to go the full route. They need to be separate ISBN so the reader and the Amazon doesn't get confused. And here we go. Sorry. Rebecca, we're already there. Hi, everyone. Rebecca Stinkel, fabulous book designer, cover designer. And this is off to do your guidebook publishing. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.